Hi there, Rachel here. If you're listening to this episode in May of 2024, I have some big news. After selling out during the holiday season, my Flex of Gold journal is available for pre-order right now and will be shipping to your home by the end of June. To celebrate, we're running an amazing pre-order sale for Mother's Day. Purchase the journal before May 13th and you'll get $10 off every journal. This is our best price of the year, even better than Black Friday, so it's the perfect time to stock up for gifts for family and friends. This three-year journal helps mothers to notice, savor, and write down the fleeting golden moments that they experience with their children each day. So go to 3in30podcast.com slash flexofgold to reserve your copy, and you'll also see our brand new cover colors, as well as our new cover option, which is a wipeable vegan leather. So again, go to 3in30podcast.com slash flexofgold to pre-order your journal, and from now until Mother's Day 2024, they'll be marked down by $10 each. I can't wait for you to experience the magic of this beautiful gratitude journal for mothers. Hello, friends. I'm so excited to bring you a special episode today that is a sneak peek of a project I've been working on behind the scenes for the past few months. For quite a while now, I've wanted to create a six-month-long Declutter Your Motherhood mentorship program that dives deeper into the life-changing content that I cover in my workshop. I've taught my workshop eight times in the past year, And every time women approach me afterwards and want more guidance and in-depth mentorship on each of the steps that we discuss in the workshop. Well, this past fall, I stopped dreaming about creating this in-depth program and I actually did it. (laughs) I wanted to keep this first round of the program relatively small so I could give a lot of individualized attention to the participants and get their detailed feedback so I can build out this program and launch it more widely to my podcast community and my social media communities. So with that in mind, I only invited women who had attended one of my workshops to join this first group of the program. And right now I have 18 women meeting with me virtually for an hour once a week to explore topics of decluttering our mindsets and our lives. It has been amazing thus far, and I can't wait to refine it even more and extend the invitation to this program to all of you sometime in 2020. And one of the coolest aspects that I love the most of this program is that we have a monthly masterclass with various expert teachers whose work I deeply admire. In November, we had a masterclass with Dr. Jennifer Finlayson Fife, a licensed marriage and sex therapist. And in December, we had a masterclass with Miranda Anderson, who is an author, blogger, and podcaster who specializes in decluttering your home and your life so you can design a life and schedule of intention. And truly, I don't know anyone, I really don't, in this world who lives with more intention than Miranda does. And you can check out her podcast, which is called Live Free Creative, in order to learn more about her and all of the amazing content that she puts out on intentional living. Miranda's masterclass for my mentorship group was so good that I knew I had to share an excerpt of it with you today, especially because she included three takeaways. The full class was about an hour long and several women in the group were able to jump in with questions and comments, but I had to edit a lot of that out. I edited it down to 30 minutes But I did include the overarching takeaways that Miranda taught us because I wanted to make sure that I shared them generally with this community. 
The sound quality of the interview isn't perfect because this was in a virtual meeting room in Zoom with a lot of participants, but I know you're going to love Miranda's incredibly perspective-changing content. Two things before we jump into the episode. First, as part of the masterclass, I created a worksheet for the group to use in order to apply what they learned from Miranda, and I'm making that sheet available to you as well. You can download that for free at 3in30podcast.com forward slash worksheet, and it will help you take action on each of the three takeaways so that you're making real changes in your life after listening. And second, don't forget that I'm teaching my full Declutter Your Motherhood workshop live online on Tuesday, January 28th, and I would love for you to join us. If you enjoy this conversation with Miranda, this content, and the format of this discussion, I know you will love my online workshop. So go to 3in30podcast.com forward slash workshops to reserve your seat. And the links to all of that are included in the show notes. With no further ado, this is episode 112, How to Declutter Your Schedule with Miranda Anderson. Welcome to 3 and 30, a podcast for moms who want to create more meaning in motherhood. Each 30-minute episode will feature three doable takeaways for you to try at home with your family this week. I'm your host, Rachel Nielsen. Thank you so much for being here. So by way of introduction, Miranda is a blogger at Live Free Creative Co., it, yeah, it's livefreecreative.co, okay. livefreecreativecompany. <laughs> okay, livefreecreative.co. And then she's also written a book, which is called More Than Enough, which has been on my list for months to read. And I just started listening to it yesterday. I had a three-hour drive, and I'm loving every minute of it. And it was funny, Miranda, because I, I, went, I had a doctor's appointment in Boise yesterday, which is like the big city. So after my appointment, I went to the mall, and I got a whole bunch of stuff. And then I was driving home listening <laughs> to the book, and I was like... <laughs> I was like, I really wish I would have listened to this before I went to the mall <laughs> because it's so all about practical minimalism is what Miranda calls it. And a whole year that she spent without buying anything. She just bought like consumable food and consumable goods, but she didn't buy any stuff for a whole year. So on my way home from the mall, I was listening, thinking, okay. Well, I'm going to make some changes. But we're just so excited to have you here. Miranda also has an incredible podcast all about living with intention that's called Live Free Creative. You can check that out. And so welcome to our group, Miranda. Awesome. Thank you. What a kind introduction. Okay. So she's going to give us three takeaways, kind of like um, a 3 and 30 episode. Yeah. Okay, do you just want to start? You can just dive in? Yourself. Yeah, you can introduce yourself, your life, and then go for it with the first takeaway. Great. Okay. Well, hello. I feel like you did a great introduction. The only other things that I would add, just because I don't know where everyone is around the country, I always think it's fun to hear where people are from. So I'm right now I live in Richmond, Virginia. I have three children, ages 10, 8, and 5. I have a three-year-old dog and four one-year-old chickens. And I always have to mention them because they are one of the things that have brought the most joy and satisfaction to my life in the last year. <laughs> I love having backyard chickens so much. And yeah, so I have been on a journey of intentional living for the last five years, really when my third child was born. Actually, when I, be, when I decided I wanted to become pregnant with my third child, I felt like my life was already full to capacity. 
And I came home from a conference that um, had really impacted me. And I told my husband, I want to have another baby. And at the time, he was in his third year of law school. We had I had two little boys. We were living in a 900 square foot apartment in DC. I was um, running a full-time blog. I was running a full-time sewing business um, from home. I did, did custom sewing, um, wedding dresses and costumes and all sorts of things. Um, and I was, um, you know, I was doing everything all at the same time. And then I said, and I want to have another baby. And my husband said, there's no way that we can do everything we're doing and add more. And so I realized that it was like the very first time in my life that I realized that I needed to start subtracting. Life wasn't just about always adding more and more and more that like at some point I needed to actually make decisions and not just choose everything. I had to choose what was not going to fit in my life. And so I decided that uh, I was going to stop blogging for a year, which was crazy because it had been something I had done consistently daily since 2007. So for, um, for six years, it had been part of my regular practice. But as I evaluated my life, I realized that that was my lowest priority. And it was like, I actually had to shift. It was like a, the application of, you know, I know we all know that things can be prioritized in our lives, but it's not very often that our priorities come in direct conflict and we have to actually make a choice where we say we're going to keep one and get rid of the other. And um, starting on that journey of, okay, I'm going to stop blogging, gave me the confidence to realize that I am in control of the choices that I make of not only how I spend my time, the actual possessions that I bring into my life, the way that I spend all of my resources, my time, my money, my energy. And it's kind of something that I have gone step by step. And at each at each step, I learn new things that then enable me to apply more and more and more. And it's been really, um, it's been really fantastic. So can I just jump in and say that before I knew that much about you, I heard you on a podcast episode. And I heard you say that you had after blogging for six years and pouring and building this whole business, that you decided to stop for a year so that you could have a baby and that you had faith that it would still be there when you got done and when you were ready to jump back in. And I was like, whoa, because that is not what we hear in the industry about creative work. In fact, if anybody has listened to my episode this week on my podcast, I talked about how I'm taking the month of December off. And I mentioned in there that the gurus and the, the podcasting experts say, don't do that because mm -hmm. then all of the momentum that you've built and everything that you've put in will be lost. I have to refuse to buy into that, like that mm -hmm. mindset that it will all be lost and I need to make intentional choices for my own life. And I really credit people like you, Miranda, for being an example of that and showing others it's possible because you came back to your business and built it, continued to build it. And it's thriving today, even after that year long break, right? Yeah, it was interesting. I had to leave. I had to make the decision to stop not knowing. Well, I mean, my my hypothesis was that my traffic would crash and that all the people who had been followers for so long would not be there. And even in the face of that decision, my choice was, I want to do what's right for my life and be relevant in my own life, even if that means that I'm not relevant on the internet. Um, because this is where I actually live, like in my in my body, in my home with my family. And so um, the surprising thing was that my traffic not only stayed consistent, but it continued to grow. And I came back to my blog um, with more clarity, like my own mental space was better. I had taken enough of a pause to reevaluate and to put some plans in place. And that next year that I came back, I came back 
stronger and better than I ever had before. And I think, I, I think it's because of the pause. Cause if I had just continued on, I would have done what I was always doing because that's what we do. We do what we always do. We want to do what's comfortable. Even if it's not working, we will opt as humans to do the things that we're already doing because we know what the outcomes are and not knowing the outcome is scary enough that it keeps us from making changes. But if we make changes, that is the only way to understand what we're actually capable of. So this is such a great setup for my takeaway number one for decluttering your schedule is that everything is optional. We believe, we truly believe that there are things in our schedules that are absolute. And I I think (laughs) if you allow yourself to consider that every single thing on your schedule is optional, that you are immediately able to feel some freedom. You clear everything off of your schedule and you decide what actually adds value, what is something that brings joy into your life and into your family's life. Rather than keeping ourselves confined in the box of everything that we have signed up for or everything we've raised our hand for or everything that we've said yes to, is something that we then have to do. I think that we owe it to ourselves to understand that we can say no, we can clear things off, we can discontinue things that we've already, um, that we've been doing for a long time. Like the example of not blogging, you know, after six years of consistently doing that, saying, you know what, this is something that I felt like was like my right arm, but it's not. I can, I can put it down for a while and that will be okay. This is a topic that we've talked about in the group with um, decluttering your motherhood. So we talk about it like it's decluttering your closet. You take everything in your life out and then you decide what deserves to go back in because it actually brings you joy. Right. But there are those things that don't seem optional, like feeding your family, laundry. That's what I, the pushback I always get in my workshops is what about those things? What do you do with those things that don't seem optional? Yeah. Okay. So I think that we, okay, we're going to get a little bit existential for a second. Let's talk about laundry. What would happen if you just didn't do the laundry for a week or two weeks or a month? Would anyone in your family die? Would your house burn down? Would you no longer be able to survive? People would wear dirty clothes. People would wear dirty clothes. I'm not saying that I think that you should stop doing your laundry, but I am saying that we believe that every single thing is like crucial to this overall picture. And I think that not all of it is. And people are so different. So like ask a few different people, how do they do their laundry? I have friends that do their laundry the same day, the same time, every single week. This is their system. I have people who do laundry every single day. I know people that do laundry like honestly once a month because they either rewear their clothes or they have enough clothes that they just don't have to do it that often. But if you ask any of those people to switch up their own routine, they would think that it was crazy talk because the way that they're doing it is the only way that they believe it should be done, right? I feel like this is a kind of an overarching principle that just gets you thinking whether or not you're going to stop doing your laundry. It's just recognizing and acknowledging that you have choices in your life. In fact, everything in your life is a choice. Yeah, it really is. I I like to play that movie to the end with anything that I think, like that I think is not optional. 
play it out to the end. What if I decided to not do this anymore? Maybe the outcome is not favorable. And so you decide to do it. But it is important to know that you always have the choice. And I think that what it requires is just a little bit of mindset tweaking because this, and as soon as you start to feel yourself, feel that pressure of like, oh, but what about this thing or that thing? My life is different. I'm unique. I have things in my life that are not optional. I want you to understand that that pressure is where you need to actually do a little examination because that tension is where you have a blockage against your capabilities and your choice. You feel like there are things that you don't have freedom in when my hypothesis is that that we have far more freedom than we give ourselves the option of choosing. And why? If we have all of these choices, why don't we use them? All right. Perfect. I love it. So how can we make this actionable for them right now? So I would just say, I think that just asking yourself this question, what things do I feel are not optional? And writing a few things down that that have come up for you as we've been discussing this, what are those things that feel like barriers to me doing the things that I want to do? What are the things in my life that don't feel optional? Write those down so that you have them there to start giving a little bit more thought to those are your obstacles. And then your job is to to come up with, use your creativity to come up with how are some ways that I can get around these feeling like challenges or obstacles in my life. Great. So let's go into takeaway number two. So takeaway number two is another, this is something that I feel like has absolutely transformed my mindset. And I use it every single day to coach myself through things that feel Um, that feel a little bit difficult. And takeaway number two is that time is a cycle. I want you to think about a circle. Think about the seasons that we go through in the year. Right now, uh, we're we're headed into winter, right? So the leaves are falling from the trees. um, All of my flowers are kind of going into dormancy where they're going to put their roots down deep for the winter, but they're not going to flower. They're not going to grow any new leaves. They're just, everything kind of gets quiet, right? For a while. And then we get this deep freeze and then we go into the spring where everything starts to warm up again and everything starts to bloom again and everything kind of um, like flourishes. And then the heat of the summer when there's an abundance of growth in vegetables and fruits and all of those things. And we come back around to the fall and the harvest and the partaking of all of that, that goodness that has come and then back into where things are closing down and falling again, right? So we all understand the seasonal nature of weather, but do we really believe that time itself is a cycle, that time is seasonal? I've seen, I don't know if you guys have seen a lot of these um, memes and things coming up with like, we only have 30 days until the end of a decade. What are you going to do with your life, with your last 30 days of of the decade? I'm like, is there anything that causes more overwhelm and stress than saying, you have 30 days to like make this the best decade ever. I'm like, no, time doesn't end at the end of a decade. It simply turns over into a new year. Everything is a cycle. Everything is a circle. And we tend to think about time in our schedules as having an open and a close of opportunity. We think there are time slots where things are available to us. And if we don't do it within that space, that we can no longer do it or it's no longer valid. The seasons of our life, like actually physically seasons as women, we have a a month-long cycle, right? Our physicality, our bodies have a cycle with time. And I notice 
that when my cycle is high and my energy is high and also the days that I want to just lay in my bed and eat chocolate for like three days of the month, anyone else have, you know, some consistency with their, with their cycle. I think that it's really powerful to acknowledge in our scheduling, the seasons and cycles of time. And so I ask myself, does my schedule reflect the cycles, the natural cycles of my own body, as well as the cycles that are existing in time, the season of having young children I mean, when I was pregnant with all three of my children, I was down for the count, like so sick, um, so tired. I had a super textbook pregnancy where like, I didn't want to smell anything. I didn't want to hang out with anyone. I just like, it was, and I remember, especially with my first and second pregnancies, feeling so frustrated and sad that I didn't feel like myself. I, I'm a go-getter. I, I've always been a high-energy person, a high-achieving person. And I remember feeling like I was wrong. Something was wrong with me because I didn't have the energy to do all of the things that I wanted to do while I was pregnant. Rather than respecting, understanding this number two, understanding that time is a cycle and that I was in a season of, of growing a child. Like that was the most energy that I had ever put into anything but I didn't recognize it as such. And so I felt frustrated. And so kind of embracing the season that you're in and the, and the present, um, knowing that just like the leaves will fall from the trees and then they'll hibernate and then they'll grow back and flourish again, that it's okay for you to not feel the same all the time. It's okay to not be motivated every single day. It's okay to have entire weeks that your schedule is really clear because you recognize that you're sick or, or you just need some time. So there's a question here from Sarah Bennett. Why don't you just, do you want to just unmute and ask it, Sarah? Okay. There you go. My husband, he is super high energy. Like it's one of my favorite things I love about him. But so I don't know if it's because of being married to him, but I struggle with the ebbs and flows because I want that high energy all the time because honestly, that's where he is. He goes all the time, constantly. So you were just talking about that, but I'm still like, how do you respond? that and be okay with that. That is, that's a mystery to me because I probably way more respect when I have the high energy, but the low energy, you know, that's what I shame. I think that, so the first thing that comes to mind is that it's, it's really important to understand where that high energy comes from because it doesn't come from nowhere. Think about a plant, for example, let's talk about a tree. I've got a beautiful one outside my window, except for it's not beautiful right now because it's a stick right now. But in four months, my tree, it's a tulip magnolia. It is going to be full of bright purple tulips, flowers on the branches. The entire tree looks like a giant bouquet of purple tulips. Where do you think that energy came from for the tree to be able to burst into flowers and, and, and grow all of that beauty and sustain it for the next couple months. Where does it get that energy? Well, for sure from those low times, right? Like yes. that's, that's a really good. Yes, yeah. it gets it from this season of repose. The reason that nature is able to spring forth in the spring and sustain that through the summer is because it spends half of the year mm-hmm. in dormancy gathering energy. We, this is exactly what I'm talking about because the struggle that you're facing, this idea that we need to be high energy all of the time doesn't respect that time is a cycle. It doesn't respect that there are seasons. What happens? Have you ever known anyone 
who has gone full energy all the time for their whole lives. Usually what happens? They if have some, a major breakdown. They have a breakdown. <laughs> that is what happened. If you try to go full energy all the time and push through those seasons that you feel like, oh, I don't really feel like it or I'm tired or, you know, I, I need to rest, but I'm not going to because I think that I need to be full energy all the time, you will burn out. You will get to the point where you can no longer have energy at all. We may still be frustrated, Sarah. I know that I still, like, I'll have days that I think to myself, I don't really feel like doing anything today. And I have to tell myself that probably means that I am having a little bit of dip in my energy, like my natural energy. I've probably put forth a lot of effort, whether it's emotional effort because of things that I'm working through with my spouse or my kids or my family or like the school or it's physical effort. Like I, you know, ran a couple miles and then I raked my whole yard or, you know, whatever the reason, when I start to feel like my energy is waning because I understand this, I can at first, I can first acknowledge it. Okay. My energy is a little bit low and then I can try to match whatever I, I expect of myself to that level of energy rather than trying to push through it. There's a lot of low energy things that we can do that are still accomplishments, right? Laundry is a great example of something that doesn't require a whole lot of creativity or a whole lot of physical stamina, right? Like you can, you know, do a couple loads of laundry and sit and watch a favorite show or listen to a podcast when you have very little energy. And that's a great time of day or of the week to do those things that don't require a lot of energy and then save the things that, that need creativity, that need um, more energy and effort for the times that you have it. I think that it is really helpful as a very first step. It's just helpful to understand that low energy means, um, means building. It means building up for what next. That's beautiful, Miranda. And I wanted to read this other comment by Christy because it goes right along with the nature metaphors, which I love. Christy said, my aunt wisely told me once trees drop their leaves or their branches would break. There are seasons to let things go, knowing opportunities will cycle back through and timing will be better during a different season. I think it's the same principle. And that's so true. If that beautiful purple tree outside your window continued to get more and more blossoms on it, it would break. It couldn't support it. And it has to drop it all and regroup and then spring forth again. And it's all just part of the cycle. And also an image that I loved from one of my mentors, her name's April Perry. She runs Power of Moms and Learn to Become. And she told me once that she gets overwhelmed by opportunities that she really wants to take like an opportunity to go to a conference or to speak at something or an opportunity to help with something. And like genuinely she wants to do those things. It's like, it's easy to say no. Well, it's not, it's never easy to say no, but it's easier to say no to something when you actually don't want to do it. But when you want to do it, but you recognize that it doesn't fit in, that's much harder to say no to. And she said that she started thinking about conveyor belts at the airport and how they go around. And if something passes you by, it will come around and you'll get to grab it again versus like conveyor belts at the grocery store where it drops off at the end. She's like, you have to think about the opportunities in your life. If you miss this one this time, because it's not the best season, have faith that something else great will come around the conveyor belt and you'll get to grab it later. And I think about that a lot when I choose deliberate no's and I think something good will come back around for me. Yeah, there's something too about just an overall abundance mentality and understanding that there is always 
there is like an abundance of opportunity. There's abundance of wealth. There's an abundance of time. There's like all of these things exist in abundance. They don't go away because someone else uses them. They don't go away because the day ends or the decade ends. All of these things are available to us all the time. And so when we are ready, that is when the opportunity will also be right. Yeah. I think also we can get caught up in the idea of like, I don't feel well right now and I'm never going to feel well ever again, but that's not true. And so I know that my motivation will come back. I know that I'll have times that, um, that I want to just accomplish all of the things. And so if I spend a couple days resting and catching up on podcast episodes and doing my yard work, because that feels less hard to me than doing some creative like work for my business, then that's okay. And uh, understanding that it'll come back around. Yeah. Definitely. Okay. Um, So then the final takeaway for today is um, to put the big rocks in first. How how many of you have read The Seven Habits of Highly Effective People by Stephen Covey? Well, I actually haven't read it, but I feel like I... I, you know, I know it because of the Cubbyism? I know this metaphor okay. um, all, along with sharpen the saw, like all these things that come from that, that I've like, I've never actually read the book, but I need to, because there's some pretty great things in there. It's a good one. Yeah. It's a really great one. If you haven't heard this story, I'm just going to quickly recount it. The idea is that you get a jar and if you have some, some big rocks and some small rocks and some sand and you put the sand in first and then the small rocks, the big rocks won't fit. Right. It's the, but if you dump it all out, and you put the big rocks in first, and then the small rocks, the small rocks will kind of filter in around the big rocks. And then you pour the sand in and you can put, this is an actual, like you could do this at home with your kids. You can pour the sand in and the sand, because it's so small, will trickle into all those little spaces around and you can fit everything, but it only works to fit everything if you start with the big rocks. So the third takeaway for your schedule is to put the big rocks in first. And I want to let you know that One of the big rocks is yourself. We tend to think of ourselves as the sand and we want to put the big rocks in, which are taking care of our kids, doing our church responsibilities, doing our school or work responsibilities, doing the laundry. We think of everything else before we think of ourselves, And then we see what's left over, what little bits of sand can we do to take care of our own health, to take care of our own well-being, to take care of the things that we need. And If you do that, you won't have room for the sand. And if you don't fit in your jar, (laughs) then you, you, you are unable to serve in any capacity as a good mom, as a good wife, as a good worker, employee, a sister, all of the, the roles that you fill, you will be unable to fill with purpose. If you have not put yourself in the center of your own life that, um, and those, those self-care habits may be different for everyone depending on your spiritual practices, depending on your physical practices. But what are the things that you need to do for your own physical, spiritual, mental, and I guess social well-being? If you don't have aspects of your life in your schedule, in your calendar, that fulfill those areas of your personal life, then you are not putting one of the biggest rocks in first. And there might not be room for it at the end. Okay. So recently, just like a couple months ago, my third child went to school all day. So I, all of a sudden, for the first time in 10 years, have from the morning until the late afternoon, every single day that my kids aren't home. 
And I felt like there was a lot of pressure, like it was exciting, but there was also a lot of pressure involved with like, what am I going to do with all this time? I mean, I know what I'm going to, like, I have so many things I want to do with it. Right. So I backed up and I cleared my whole schedule and, uh, kind of like we were talking about earlier with cleaning out your closet. This is what I would suggest for you to do after this call with your own schedule, take everything out because the takeaway number one, everything is optional. Consider what adds value right now in this season. What are the things that I want to do right now in this season? And I did something new. I asked myself the question, what are things that I love that I'm not doing on a regular basis? What are things that I, that I know bring me joy and fill me up that I haven't included in my regular life? And I put those things on my schedule. So I walk outside every day. I ride my bike at least once a week and I usually am riding it to somewhere in town where I can like go get lunch or I ride, I I live right downtown in Richmond, which is so fun, but I wasn't taking advantage. We've lived here for two and a half years and I wasn't taking advantage of this area that I live in. But one of the things that I love is living right in the city where I can ride my bike to the market and, and get lunch. I wasn't doing it, but there wasn't a reason except for that I just hadn't decided that it was important enough. And as soon as I scheduled it in, I have felt like I have more time and more energy because I'm doing the things that light me up. And then because of that, I have added well-being and energy and excitement and enthusiasm that I can then share with others. I'm a better mom. I'm a better wife. I'm a better employee when I'm doing work for other people. I am uh, better overall because I've decided the things that matter most to me are the things that really deserve the first place within my schedule. I love that. And I love, because I feel like when we hear this concept of the big rocks, we think that they have to be self-care things like exercise, eating well, sleeping, or like spiritual, like prayer. And those are all great things. Those are great. That a big rock could also be taking myself to lunch once a week because I love it so much. We talked about the term self-centered and how really you should be self-centered as in like centered in your true sense of self and aligning with who you really are. But one thing that you said, Miranda, is you said you were talking about you as the rock, you as a rock in your jar. And you said something about you have to put yourself in the center of your jar. And I think of that as self-centered in a good way. You are in the center of your jar. You go in first, your big rock, and then everything else can fill in around it. And it will fit. Everything else that matters will fit right. if you put yourself um, in the center of the jar. Yes. So really and the cool. things that you find that don't fit are the things that don't actually matter. As you adjust this and you clear your schedule and you reevaluate and you decide what are the things that I need to do for me, the things that for years I've been saying I wanted to do that I just haven't done yet, and you decide to do them, there will be things that no longer fit. There will be things that you have done that you thought you should do, that a good mom does this, a good churchgoer does this, a good wife does this, and you decide on other things. And so those things just don't fit anymore. That means that they aren't right for right now. And that doesn't mean that they're never going to be right again, but it's okay for your life to look different if the way that it looks different is better. It's okay to make changes that actually bring more joy and satisfaction and well-being into your life. So don't be afraid of your life feeling and looking different as you do these exercises to declutter your schedule because if it looks better in a good way, then you're doing it right. Absolutely. 
Well, thank you, Miranda, for these three takeaways. Thank you so much for inviting me and letting me share some thoughts. And I hope that it's been helpful or at least has adjusted a mindset shift here or there. Yeah, for sure. Get to get you thinking and then go and apply it in your life and see what it feels like. And one thing that I love that Miranda often teaches is what do you want your life to feel like? Think about the feeling that you want in your life and then build a life around that feeling. Thank you. Thank you so much. And everybody, Miranda's going to hop off, but we can stay on and keep discussing. Okay. Have a good discussion. Thank you. Miranda had to jump off at the end there to get her kids off the bus. So I'm sorry if that ending felt abrupt, but hey, that's mom life, right? And I hope you enjoyed that class from Miranda. And I want to remind you that there is a free worksheet available to you to help you apply what you learned from this episode and start making real changes in your life to build a schedule of more intention and joy. You can go to 3in30podcast.com forward slash worksheet to get that download. And if you're intrigued by this conversation and maybe wishing that you could have joined the Declutter Your Motherhood Mentorship Program, I'm going to be opening up a few spots this month, but only for women who attend my online workshop, because that really is the basis of what we do in the mentorship. So if your interest is peaked and you feel ready to make some big changes in your life to start living with more joy, head to 3in30podcast.com forward slash workshops to reserve your seat and find out more. I love you all, and it is my greatest hope that you will know that it's okay to put your own soul care into your jar as a big rock each day. This isn't always easy as a mom, and it's something that I'm working on too this year, but it's so important. So let's continue on this journey of self-development and self-care together, and I hope that you have a great week with your family.